Okay, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Brussels? My name is Shelly. I'm Bianca. And I'm Deanna. And here we come together to serve the brew. As we always do. <laughs> yes, yeah, so how's everybody doing today? It is Saturday. We are recording on a on a good Saturday. Everything's going great. Sunday, girl. Sunday. <laughs> you are missing days of the week. <laughs> This weekend has went so fast. <laughs> I just got back from vacation. I'm still in vacation mode. Yes. And you are still in Anaheim. Yes. Uh, a beautiful time in California. My very first time being there. And uh, it was amazing. Um, I am exhausted. And I got right back uh, to the cafe on Friday. So, yeah, I'm, I'm holding on by a cup of coffee. <laughs> 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 that's right so i didn't do anything amazing last week i just worked in school and you know all the things so same here i can't wait to get some sun i'll be doing that next well i won't get sun but i'll get a little vacation next weekend so the forecast in this area is not not the greatest well sorry about that it's okay. I'm still going to enjoy life, you know? Absolutely. As we always do. So last episode, we talked about a day in the life at the cafe. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I liked the video at the end. It kind of gave the viewers a sneak peek in what actually it looks like on our way there, getting on the elevator, going upstairs, you know, kind of just a, a day in a life long story short but it was a good a good coffee chat <laughs> yes indeed shelly anything um stood out to you from last episode last episode was absolutely amazing i love um you know showing all the pictures of everybody who's been down to the cafe um you know all of our family and friends are so appreciative and still the energy that our family and friends get uh, friends give even in week four uh let's know that they're in for the long haul so they're going to be here with us they want to get down there they want to purchase coffee they want to be supportive and get behind the, the counter <laughs> as well so um yeah. everybody is so helpful and it does not go like sometimes i have to sit back and and think about how blessed we are how blessed i am and it's sometimes overwhelming um, that, you know, people will share a post to get their family and friends to come and help us. And that has been unbelievable. And, and every day, um, I don't let a day go by without thanking God for everything that he has shown us from this point. Um, and everybody that's been helpful to us. So thank you, God. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, a, a quite, a unique experience, but, I appreciate it all the same as far as like the, like you said, the love and support that we've been getting um, with our friends and family, you know, from coming to the cafe, from purchasing online, from getting behind the counter, all those things that everybody that has um, helped us in the way of, you know, being supportive behind the counter have all said like, you know, that they enjoy it too. Like it's fun. They enjoy being there with us and, you know, all those great things. So, um, yeah, we're truly, truly blessed. Um, um, and let's just talk a little bit about the fact yesterday we were uh, in two places at one time. <laughs> yes, you were at the coffee chat with Pastor Pat. 
uh, Shelly, myself, and her daughter, Savannah, was at the cafe. So it was Cafe Coco Latte everywhere. Uh, Deanna, you had your two nieces, Kyra and Jayla, as well as a uh, friend, Mary, uh, helping out. So it speaks to that village that we have of people who are just, you know, putting their hat in the ring to help us out. So how was your coffee chat? How'd that go? It was amazing. So the event itself was nice. It was a, a panel discussion of women um, basically just talking about their experiences in womanhood and like some of the things that um, we deal with and how also they talked about not always being that strong woman, you know, strong black woman and having to be able to move through things as if you're unaffected. And being okay with not being okay. So I was I was there for <laughs> as a vendor, but I was also there for the discussion. Like, um, so it was it was a great event. Um, but folks loved our table. Like we definitely stayed busy, um, sold out of the cookies, uh <laughs> had very minimal things uh leaving. And you know, my nieces were like, Man, we're taking a lot less out than we came in with. I said, That's always the goal, baby. You wanna yeah. <laughs> you wanna leave with nothing, leave it all on the floor. So it was it was a great time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the I'm like, there needs to be more events like that. Uh, you know, where it's uh, inspiring, encouraging, uplifting, and real, you know, like, let's yeah. not feel like we have to be strong all the time. Let's not uh, perpetuate the strong Black woman syndrome, like, be okay with mm -hmm. not being okay sometimes. So, yeah, all of it that, is good. <laughs> that's a great message. I've, I've laid that cape down years ago, the whole, you know, you got to be strong, I, to the point where I started to hate the word strong. And, you know, I'm circling back to it that I'm okay with it. But, um, you know, for years, I hated, I hated the connotation of being the strong Black woman. It's like, I have feelings too. But um, over on our end at the cafe, it was a really great day. Um, my niece and nephew showed up, uh, Clinton and Shafan. Uh, they took pictures, posted us on Facebook, got two posts actually, like come check out the cafe, it's upscale, it's nice. Uh, they bought coffee, hung out with us for a little bit. Um, and, you know, we had our regulars show up, our weekly regulars. Um, I mean, I can't think of her name right now. I want to give her a shout out. Um, she always brings her daughter and her daughter's friends. I believe it's Jessica. Uh, yeah, Jessica. Yeah. Jessica, yes. Uh, she came in, you know, we had JB and all of our regulars that show up, love them so much. We had the biggest tip we ever got yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Shelly told us about that. Savannah was at the register. Yeah, so I was at the register at the time and um, JP. Um, from one of our neighboring stores came in and he, he always offers a really good word. He's a really good person. Um, but he came in and said, you know, always offer a suggestion, which I thought was a, a, a really good tip um, to help push sales and, you know, to get people excited about a new product. Um, and he only came in for a cup of ice and left $20. So um, it's amazing people that walk through the door and the advice that they give. Um, people literally just want to help. We also had um, a young lady walk in and she asked um, the, the famous whisper question. 
is this a black owned business? And she wants to hook us up with her brother who has a foundation in Nevada uh, that helps uh, black entrepreneurs. And they're creating a network of people who can come together and speak at events and tell people about the ups and downs. Um, so that was also very inspiring. And you never know who God is going to put in your path. And, and, you know, people walk by and they look in the cafe. Um, and we are giving people a reason to come in. So it was an amazing day. I do hate that I missed uh, Pastor Pat's event. That's good to know. But I definitely want to give a shout out to Jayla, Kyra, and Mary, and definitely you, Deanna, for holding the new team now. Um uh, at that event. So thank you guys so much. And everybody has been so helpful. It's just like, it's so overwhelming, but it's so yeah. cool. <laughs> one, of the so I, I, one other thing I wanted to mention about the event, Mary was kind of taking a few pictures in the background and um, she was pointing out things like, look, everybody on the panel, everybody on the panel has a cup of coffee, co cocoa latte coffee in front of them. Like that's a picture. Um, then she look at another table. That whole table got coffee too, you know? So she was very much into it. And she was like, um, she said, you know, the last time that I was asking people did they want lemon in their drink was when I was working at Olive Garden as a recent college graduate. And I remember saying to myself, I'll never do this again. Like, you know, she was uh, waiting to emerge into the like corporate world and real, get a real job. But she's like, it's a whole different feeling when it's your friend that's the owner of said establishment. Um, you know, now she's like, it, it's just a different vibe, a different feeling. And I'm I'm happy and excited to ask people, do they want lemon and they lemonade or they tea or whatever? You know, she was like, I'm so proud of you guys, which is <laughs> something that we hear uh, a lot. But she was like the the energy behind everything associated with Cafe Coco Latte makes her, you know, she she raised her hand like, oh, do you need more help? Like, I'll come help. Um so I, and I think that's something that happens over and over again that, um, I, you know, our, our slogan is heart crafted love and every sip and bite. I think people feel the love that we put into the business and it's electrifying and it's inspiring and it um, makes people want to get involved. So we greatly yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it does not go like I've, I, I, pray that she got those pictures and, and she can post them and use them at some point because it literally feel like feels like we went from not having which is the, the true fact we went from not having a cafe to being like having a cafe and having our cups on people's tables and people are drinking our cup it just it feels so unreal and sometimes it almost feels like it's like is it too heavy to hold? Like, you know, is this something that I'm really ready for, God? Like, I, I know that I am, but it's it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. And, you know, for the pop-up, we only offered one signature drink, which is the mm -hmm. Caramel Delight. But, baby, people was coming up like, yeah, I saw that Caramel Delight over there. I need one of those. Or, um, what is it called? What is it called, Cheryl? The caramel delight. I need the caramel delight. So I was like, I said, I knew it would be have been too much to try to, you know, bring multiple of the signature drinks. But I was letting them know where they could come and try other things, and you know. But I'm like, yeah, if we, if we, even if we had tried to manage to, it would have been 
too much, but but um, they definitely enjoyed the caramel delight. <laughs> it's funny when you hear people like ordering the caramel delight. Literally, it started from sitting at my kitchen table, and we we're like, "Let's put this little, put this with this, and do this, and then let's taste it." Yes. And what y'all think? <laughs> what are we gonna call it? We'll call it the Combo Delight. Oh, good. That's a good drink name. Okay. And now some of me or people walking in, like, can I get the Combo Delight? <laughs> yes. 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 So, so uh, one other thing I'll mention is there's other people too that are looking for ways to partner with us. Like you mentioned, JP is from Spirits, right? Yes. And spice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, eventually, we're definitely going to do a collaboration. But um, I was out on Friday night, I, I went with my mom to meet with a group of uh, her old work friends. And one of the ladies there was like, now, do you guys do any, um, like, sandwiches or anything? I said, it's common, you know, like, <laughs> it's, she said, oh, well, I um, grow and make my own pickles. She's like, I would love to be able to, like, uh, be your pickle supplier, you know what? I'm like, yes, we're, <laughs> we're here for it. So I'm like, it's a whole vibe out here. Like when people hear what we're doing, they want to know not only how they can support, but how they can be a part of it, how they can partner with us. And and we're all about, you know, highlighting small businesses, Absolutely. Uh <laughs> keeping it local, partnering with people we know. So I'm like, and those relationships just keep happening organically. So it just, to me, is confirmation that we're doing things and moving in the right direction continuously. Yeah. Yep. It gives validation to what it is that we're trying to do and and to have that constant reminder and just know, to have that feeling that God is watching you and God is, you know, a part of what you're doing is a beautiful thing like it is a beautiful thing you know so it lets like the, the small petty stuff or it lets um it it kind of keeps you focused on what the ultimate goal is and looking at the bigger picture um so that's why i kind of just refuse to get sidetracked or, or or not go too far off of what the ultimate picture is and that's success for us all and anybody that wants to join us, come on, get on the Cafe Coco Latte train. Mm-hmm. This, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what do we have to talk about today, Deanna? Well, today we're going to talk about autism and neurodiversity. April is Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about what autism looks like in the Black community, um, and how we can, you know, raise awareness, acceptance, and support for those impacted yeah. by autism. So we could definitely have a conversation about that before we get started. Let's get started with our normal, the icebreakers. Icebreakers, yes. So the first one is, what would you, uh, no, is that the right? Yeah. What would, what you, would have you have a personal, have a personal system do, do if, if who I'm <laughs> okay. I'll say, what would you have a personal assistant do if you could have someone follow you around all the time? Um, for, I'll take that first. Uh, reminders. If I have somebody walk behind me with everything that I say, like, I need to remember later to do X, Y, and Z, I would have that personal assistant do just that. So I don't forget. <laughs> Bianca. 
I will have the personal assistant do my homework. <laughs> do my homework. <laughs> um, and work my full-time job so I can focus my mind on other things. <laughs> personal assistant or a, a clone. <laughs> Hey, if I'm paying the big bucks, I get to do what she do. Like, do my homework. I got other things to do. Ugh, I have no time. I do need another one of me. Like, it's not enough time in the day I agree. to do all the things. I agree. Um, I think I would have my personal assistant keep me organized. Like, you know, keep all my my meetings and times together, and 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 remind me of things I need to do. Next question. What is something your mother or father often does that you now find yourself doing? <laughs> I'll take that first. My father is very like my since I've been young, um, my father has always been like, let me let me let me show you something. Let me show you this video. Let me show you this funny clip. Let me you know, let me show you this. <laughs> uh, jokester type of dad. But I would always be like, oh God, like what does he want me to do now? Like what is he trying? What joke is he trying to show me? And he still does this to this point. But I find myself doing that with Savannah. So I'm always trying to show Savannah the latest like video or the TikTok trend or something like that. I keep trying to see this and she'll be like, I already saw it, which is what I tell my dad. <laughs> but it's just so funny that I I, I, could, I could say I didn't like him doing that. And now I find myself doing it to <laughs> Bianca. That's funny. Um, something my mother did that I find myself doing now when I was younger, she used to work like two jobs and like stay busy. And I'm like, why would somebody want to do that? Now here I am, like a full-time job, a college student, a cafe owner doing a podcast. Like, who has like, why not? in their life? Yeah, similarly, Bianca, like literally when we were out on Friday with my mom and her friends, she told them, she's like, my child used to always make fun of me for working a lot of hours or working multiple jobs and doing so many things. When I was a kid, before I really knew it was 24 hours in a day, I used to say, my mom works to 36 o'clock. Like she, she leaves when it's early, before the sunrise, she come back when it's dark again, you know. So she worked 36 hours a day. And um, and she like now look at you like <laughs> yeah um, uh, and we used to tease my mom and say like when you die on your tombstone we're just gonna put she worked because that's <laughs> that's all you want to do um, but she's like yeah now in and around and back at you <laughs> Max <laughs> Max yes um so the next one is what thing would you hate keeping if you were a refrigerator one thing when i hate keeping if i was a refrigerator milk um it spoils fast i don't know <laughs> milk i don't know that means uh, anything that's gonna turn soggy or is gross or creates a smell i would say leftover fish because of it is always Smells up the refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say smelly leftovers, whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> anything that has a pungent smell. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, what local attractions would you recommend folks visit if they were if they made a trip to your city? Exactly. <laughs> For all the reasons. So, Water Tower Place to come see us at Cafe Coco Latte on the seventh floor. It's it's a great building. Uh, it's a good place to take pictures. It is a lot of businesses there. And you could be supporting a small business at the same time. So, Water Tower Place. I'm going to steal Shelly's answer. I was going to be like, I don't know, because I don't even go to local attractions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think people assume because we're from this great city that we go to these things like we're at Navy Pier every weekend or blah, 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 but literally no. So I'm going to say the water tower place for the reasons mentioned below. <laughs> and that's what I got. Yep. I'll go with water tower place as well. It's unanimous uh, for, uh, for obvious reasons, but in addition to us being there. Uh, like you mentioned, it is. It's on Michigan Avenue, the Magnificent Mile. So mm -hmm. you can do all the things, not just Water Tower Place, but you know, start there or in there, whatever's your groove, and and enjoy the whole Magnificent Mile. Believe it or not, well, for our viewers, so many people travel from other states just to come there. So we get a lot of people from Michigan and what we have yesterday, Ohio, Shelly, was it Ohio? Yeah, Ohio. Ohio. We had people um, last weekend from Naperville who were spending the weekend in Chicago. So they stayed downtown at the hotel. They said they come to the water tower place once every three years, you know, for this reason, just to shop and be around it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a very, you know, highly populated tourist area. It's a lot of hotels and it's like a popular place that people come to when they come to Chicago. And um, yeah. yeah, they feel like they got to come get their gear. It's, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I heard a customer saying like, oh, you ain't been to Chicago if you ain't had Garrett's, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, we got good friends over there at Garrett's right across the way. So yeah. <laughs> absolutely and the guy that came in from Ohio yesterday, he had the pecan popcorn and he partnered it with our butter pecan. Oh, so, yeah. you know, maybe Cafe Coco Latte would be also in that naming of like, if you can't go to Chicago, unless you stop at Cafe Coco Latte. So, come on, uh, man. Come on, man. Well, you know, I feel like that's coming. And um, yeah, it's, it's a great building to be in, but it's got me. A, a little bit used to being downtown and you know the, the big city like our city is humongous and there's so many things to see um but to be in a building that people you know make it a point to come here to go to is extraordinary like who knows yes and our last icebreaker question is what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever accidentally texted someone <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't a picture or anything like that, but definitely instead of sending a picture, I mean, I'm sorry, instead of sending a text message to uh, my boo thing, I sent this to my mama and Lord Jesus. <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> Lord Jesus is a fire. <laughs> Excuse me, mom, that was not real. <laughs> 
we gotta be careful with the, if the name is too close. <laughs> just recently added like unsending messages. So uh yeah. <laughs> I didn't have that option at the time. So it was more like you delete it on your end and let's act like this never happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I I have to get more details later. <laughs> Um, you know, I am not, yeah, I don't have anything for this. I, you yeah. Know, I don't, yeah, no. I don't You're really careful. Have That's good. You, 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 uh, you paint You're careful. <laughs> well, I would say it wasn't necessarily, um, like anything shockingly said in the text, but I've like definitely texted the wrong people. Um, I have, I have a cousin named Eric Robinson and a friend named Eric Richardson. And I have sent the message to the wrong Eric more than once. You think I would get it right by now, but <laughs> one time I was, I was trying to ask Eric Richardson if he could repair my bike. And I sent it to Eric Robinson who lives in Wisconsin. So he was like, um, I don't know. Maybe I could, but that would be a long ride just to work on a bike. And, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I did not mean to ask you to drive two, three hours to fix my bike. I, and then more recently, I sent a message to Eric Richardson asking him about the t-shirts for the cafe. But that was to be sent to Eric Robinson. So he was just like, wrong, Eric. And I'm like, dang, why can't I get it together? Right, Richardson and Robinson look too much alike when you just quickly do it. You don't have to change their last name. My cousin (laughs) Eric Robinson. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, I'm sure they wish I would get it together as well. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, On to today's topic, we're going to talk about autism and how it impacts the Black community, autism as a whole, neurodiversity, and things of that nature. So first, I want to start off by defining what autism is and what autism is not. Um, Autism is a bio-neurological developmental uh, disorder that generally appears before the age of three. Um, Many doctors say the preference is to not diagnose until age three to allow some time to study and um, test and make sure that the diagnosis is accurate. But often when there's suspicion of autism before the age of three, um, the recommendation is to start the early intervention therapies, which consist of uh, speech therapy, occupational therapy, and um, developmental therapies. So um, autism impacts the normal development of the brain in areas of social interaction, communication skills, and cognitive function. Individuals with autism typically have difficulties in verbal and nonverbal communication, social interactions, leisure or play activities, as well as, you know, array of other possible things. Individuals with autism also sometimes have comorbid medical conditions that can include allergies, asthma, epilepsy, digestive disorders, persistent viral infections, feeding disorders, sensory integration dysfunction, sleeping disorders, and more. 
Um, it is typically diagnosed in boys more than girls. Boys are four times more likely than girls to have it. Um, one thing I learned, though, uniquely enough, is that although boys are tended to have it more, um, when a girl has autism, in many cases, it's more severe. So although they're less likely to have it, if they do have it, they're um, more likely to be further on the spectrum. You know, autism autism disorder is a uh, spectrum disorder is indication that there is a wide range of autism um, diagnosis from, you know, what's considered high functioning to moderate to severe um, depends on how the different elements of autism are exhibited in an individual. So currently there's no cure for autism. Um, the early intervention and treatment and um, the diverse symptoms related to autism can be improved greatly and in some cases completely overcome. I believe, um, is it, um, what's her name? Whose son uh, says, he, says he, Holly, Holly Robinson, Pete's son, right? Um, is, is no longer classified as being autistic. Um, but that oh, is- Holly Berry, not Holly Berry. Uh, Tony Braxton has a son too. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if Tony Braxton's son is, is uh, classified as no longer being autistic though. Um, I, I do believe Holly Robertson Pete's son said he's not autistic anymore. Um, and there's, you know, controversy behind that. Some people feel like it's not something that you could say that you no longer have. But, um, um, you know, in some instances, people do feel like they've overcome autism. Yeah, I read somewhere that they it's not something you could grow out of. You know, it's something that is always, you know, kind of i don't want to call it laying in the back burner but in the background somewhere it's just you've learned how to cope with it one of the facts i kind of wanted to go back to about girls with autism i was watching a video of a young lady who is autistic and um you know the facts are that most girls aren't diagnosed or if they are it's later because girls have a higher tendency to be able to mirror um, where they will just mock activity that they see from their peers uh, in order to like fit in or, you know, seem, you know, neurotypical. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was pretty fascinating that most girls who have autism are able to just, you know, streamline into society um, and not be diagnosed or diagnosed very late. Mm -hmm. Or they have to be at the more severe end of the spectrum in order for it to be heavily pronounced, therefore diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so maybe the high functioning girls are uh, underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed because of their ability to mirror and adapt. Yeah. I know I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of um, stories of people either I don't know if you want to call it overcoming it or just living a, a, what we would consider a normal life. But there is a professor now a professor who was diagnosed. He couldn't read. He couldn't talk. He couldn't write. He couldn't do a lot of the a lot of 
what we refer to as normal, you know, things. And he's now a professor at a college. Um, so I think there seems to be so much more that we don't n truly know about the disease. Um, but then are there organizations, Deanna, that is helping as far as like knowledge goes about autism? Yes. So there are several organizations um, out there. There's the National Autism Association. Um, there's uh, the Color of Autism Foundation, which is geared toward the African-American experience with autism. Um, there's, uh, there's another group, I think it's called Black and Autistic or something like that. Um, there's also the group uh, Autism Speaks, which Autism Speaks has fallen under a lot of controversy. So it's kind of a, a touchy one. Um, and reason being is Autism Speaks, I believe, was started by someone who, um, you know, probably had the right intent in being an advocate for folks with autism. However, not having autism yourself you may think you know what the autistic community wants or how they want to be treated or identified and all those things. But what your idea of what an autistic person, you know, wants is not necessarily true for what their experience is. Mm -hmm. So like the Autism Speaks group, their uh, symbol is the puzzle piece. Um, and now people have evolved to a point where they feel like that is discriminatory or hurtful to say that um, there's a missing piece from people with autism versus um, the more, I guess, evolved or advanced or uh, now thing is to use the infinity symbol, which is not that, you know, that there's something missing, but that, you know, our our uh our diversity and neurodiversity or just as a complex individual is something continuous not broken not missing not you know and and it's okay to be di diverse or different in that capacity so you know terminology um and and influence changes things over time um so I think it's important to, you know, extend grace to folks who may be coming from the right place. But, you know, as times change, people change, thoughts and ideas change um, and figure out the best way to be inclusive to all. Because, you know, there's some people who don't have a problem with uh, the puzzle piece being the symbol. But um, the change really came from the autistic community, meaning those who actually have autism versus uh, those who are our outsiders. Like maybe we have family members with autism, but we're not autistic. So therefore I can, yes, be your advocate and try to do as much as I think that I can do to support you. But like you're from the autistic community. There's adults with autism who, who need to be included in the conversation, who need to be uh, you know, represented in how things are done and how we maneuver. So um I I'll just take a take a step back <laughs> at what I failed to mention at the top of the message is um my nine-year-old son Bryce has autism. He is autistic.
Bryce Zeke Ramoya Onyango is an amazing ball of energy. He is inquisitive, observant, and playful. He has no fear when jumping outside in the grass or off a few flights of stairs. Wow, can he stick a landing with his bare feet. A perfect set of tents. He is quite the naturalist and sometimes mischievous. All a part of his innermost satisfaction for exploration and discovery. I appreciate the way he looks at things from his unique perspective. I enjoy being in his world of wonder. I am very proud to be Bryce's mom. My love for him is a deep, resonating, all in all, captivating, enduring, and ever expanding love. My son is a life changer. I dare you look at him and not be taken away by his smiles and charm. I am thankful for the priceless gift that Bryce gives to me. He has taught me the importance of mindfulness through his eyes. He makes me laugh louder than I usually do, and he truly does it effortlessly. Moreover, he kindly invites me to be in those moments that bring him and I pure joy. By the way, Bryce is autistic. Wash played together. He is autistic. There's also um, uh, a complexity around how people with autism want to be identified. Um, in a lot of uh, conditions, people want to be identified person first, disorder second. Um, with autism, there's you know, members of the community who want to be simply identified as uh, that autism first. So instead of, you know, and like to, to to someone who's more typical, it may feel like what's the difference or what's the play on words, whether I say uh, Bryce has autism or Bryce is autistic, you know, is he a person living with autism or is he an autistic person, you know? Um, I think that with, you know, um anything you know it's gonna come down to being person specific you know what i mean like that's what we think mm -hmm. <laughs> that is what we think i that yeah. you know i don't feel like you could group i i know you know i'm not autistic but i don't feel like every autistic person may want to be identified the same way i think right. you know we have to allow said person to decide how they want to be identified Absolutely. Now there, you know, there's um, also the the truth in that not every autistic person will necessarily be able to articulate how mm -hmm. they want to be identified. Um, you know, whether it be because they're nonverbal or because of the level of spectrum disorder that they have. So, um, in some instances, they may not be able to communicate their preference. Therefore, for me, I would just mainly default to members of the community at large, which still doesn't necessarily represent each individual. But I would say, yes, if someone can identify how they want to be identified, then yes, we honor that. If not, then I think the second best thing I could do is try to uh, hear from the community what the preference is um and this which, is me on the outside right i'm on i'm on the outside I, this is just a question 
Autism mm-hmm. community don't come for me. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like I said, this could be with any community, whether it's the L- not comparing the LGBTQIA yeah. community, but can he just be Bryce? You know, he's Bryce. So, yes and no. So this, this so this, this uh, kind of gets deeper into the conversation. When he's so big, he just yes, has he is. He yeah. is definitely I, I more than autism. Yes, yeah, yeah. he's more than but autism. He is, you know, I'm sorry, Shelly, you're saying. I was just saying that it doesn't even autism doesn't even come to mind when you think of Bryce. Um, and so like I, I, I he, he's he's the he's the one person. Um, that I know that has autism and it doesn't come to mind when you think of him because his personality is so big and he, it's like, it doesn't stand in front of him. He's just, he's just right. Um, so yeah, Dion, I could continue. But. Yeah. So that is true. You know, of course, when I look at Bryce, I don't see autism first yeah. all the time, but yeah. It depends on the day. It depends on the activity. It depends on what's happening in the moment. And I think one of the challenges with having autism or being a caregiver of someone who has autism is that from face value, yes, often they appear to look neurotypical. Therefore, when there is an event, an episode or something um, that autism shows up, it makes people question what's going on. You know, they're not clear that this is a person who's autistic. They may look at it as a child who's misbehaving. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to the Black community, you feel the instant judgment when you got somebody looking at you like, I wish mine would, you know. So that's where that thin line between, you know, he's just Bryce and having to identify or accept and make others aware that he is autistic um, to kind of mitigate some of the the judgment, the, the ridicule, the possible, you know, scrutiny that comes along with Oh, you just don't have control of your child or leaving with me for three days. I bring, give you back a different child. Like those kind of comments that really they have no idea. But I would, if it wasn't for the fact that I wouldn't want to, um, you know, place Bryce in an uncomfortable situation, I would, my response would be, okay, come pick him up on Friday. I bet you, you're going to be changed more than you think that you're going to change him because um, to be in a a 24-7 daily life and experience of what it means to have a a loved one who is on the spectrum is totally different than when you see one breakdown in the store and think that you could have handled that situation better. Um, So that's where... I get for those who say, who say um, I am autistic, you know, they want to put that out front. So if you are experiencing them and not understanding why they're withdrawn 
or why they are socially awkward or why certain situations are, you know, overstimulating or all those things that could be going on. If you hear it first, maybe that'll help you in your response and communication to them first, you know. Um, kind of just bouncing off what you're saying, and I don't know if you have any facts on this pulled up, and maybe we could get some pulled up while I'm um, talking about autism in the Black community and how often or not often, um, you know, African-American people are diagnosed. The reason why I ask that is because I, I feel, you know, without me knowing the facts, mm -hmm. I feel as though... Um, African-American children, people are uh, diagnosed at a um, lesser amount or not until later because of the fact that um, those type of comments that you just mentioned, like, oh, keep give me the child for a weekend, I'll get them together, or um, people not wanting to admit the diagnosis, people not wanting to put that label put a label on their child or their family member when we all know that, you know, there's something different, um, you know, something um, not neurotypical about said person that um, probably could be addressed, but we don't know what it is and no one wants to figure it out because they don't want anyone to look at their child differently and they're just going to act like this isn't happening. Right. So there's there's so many layers to the uh, diagnosing process. First, a lot of, um, you know, there there's the, so many layers. So with, with regard to diagnosis as a whole, initially, it was definitely um, more whites and Caucasians that were being diagnosed. Now it's kind of somewhat shifting. Um, I believe the initial stats were like saying it was... Uh, 2% of white children or 2.5% of white children are um, diagnosed with autism as opposed to maybe a flat 2% of African-American. But then more recently, it's been shifted to like 4% of African-American. Um, but the process, partly, the, some of the factors that may delay or result in misdiagnosis is the... Um, either being in a underserved community where you're, you maybe don't have access to the best health care or you're just simply not um, attending the regular scheduled visits or subpar, therefore your doctor is not making you aware of the, the possible diagnosis um, or being dismissive or, you know, not recommending the, the testing and things like that. Then there's the layer of, the not wanting to acknowledge or hear or accept that, you know, if, if a doctor does say, you know, I think your child is exhibiting symptoms of autism and you're like, no, he not, you know, um, and you don't follow through. Um, then there's also the, those who might look at a, a African-American child who is exhibiting, um, what do they call it, divergent behaviors and look at it as something other than autism. Um, so there, there, there are so many layers to that. Um, so for uh, my, in my experience, 
what I knew about autism prior to Bryce's diagnosis or suspicion of said diagnosis was very limited. Um, all I had been told about children with autism is that they they are um, that they don't smile, they don't look people in the eye, they don't speak, you know, or their speech is limited, things like that. But Bryce's first year was very, you know, neurotypical. He met, met all his milestones. He was walking at 11 months. Um, he was initially talking at, you know, on board for his age group. So there was nothing that stood out to me within that first year that would have indicated that, you know, he was um, going to be autistic. However, in the second year, he experienced some regression. And although the regression was happening, I didn't necessarily see it until the doctor brought it to my attention. Um, but once she asked, she was just asking questions at his two-year-old checkup, like how many words does he know? You know, what are the activities that he does? Things like that. And she was like, you know, I think we might need to uh, get Bryce tested for autism. And it, it did hit me in the face, like what? Like he smiles, he's he's uh, socially interactive. He gives hugs, you know. He runs and jumps and plays. He's very agile, you know. So it was my limited knowledge of autism uh, caused me to say things as though all the things that I thought autism was not, you know. Like autistic people are are not loving and and you know exhibiting emotions and things like that. Um, but there's so much more to it than that. And then um, there were things that just, you know, as a, I guess as a mom was instinctive that I didn't realize was necessarily divergent. Like when he would lead me to stuff and point at what he wanted versus, you know, saying what it was or just being in tune with him. I, you know, I knew certain things might be upsetting for him or troubling for him, uh, if he would whine about something, I could just look him up and down and be like, oh, he's upset because his pants is stuck into a sock. Just pull his pants out of the sock. He'd be all right, you know. But those were early signs that I didn't realize that were pointing towards autism. Had I not been receptive to what the doctor was saying, I could have dismissed it. And like, they just always trying to label a little black kid and kept it moving. Um, so we have to challenge ourselves to uh, hear what, you know, those who have more knowledge are offering and explore. You know, it could be right or wrong, but if we are closed off to the idea that there could be something wrong, that would be yeah. the first mistake. And I think I think what we're doing here and even having a conversation is, is, is amazing um, because you're, you know, letting everybody know what your story is. Um, there's another YouTuber, um, which is actually one of my favorite YouTubers. Um, uh, the name of her show is The Gentle Life. And she has a, I believe the, her daughter is three or four, maybe just made four. Um, and she has autism. And um, she basically shows how, uh, how when you can, you know, be gentle and you can be loving and understanding of what it is that your child has been diagnosed with. Um, you're bringing more attention to it, and you're also um, showing the world as a black woman, they're a black family, um, that hearing that di diagnosis, while it is a tough thing to hear, um, you can still, 
have a, you still can live your life, you know? Um, so if you guys haven't definitely check their show out, it's a, it's a really good, and, and all the ways for me, like very calming and it lets me learn a little bit more about, um, autism. What's the name of the show again? The Gentle Life. The Gentle Life. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Um, another show that was really helpful for me was is on Netflix. It's called Atypical, and it's kind of going through the life of a, a teenager. He, and he's Caucasian, but <clears throat> he's a high school student, and and he has a younger sister. Like Bryce has a younger sister, so it, it shows their dynamic. How she's like the big little sister and protective of him. Um, it shows you know his his quirks and there's so much that I can like relate to already so it, it, it quickly became one of my favorite shows um and it's it's nice to have something like that to just let you know that you know it autism definitely crosses all you know social economic <laughs> groups and and uh races but the <clears throat> commonalities are more than the differences when we get to like what just autism in general looks like. Um, and then we just have to challenge our community to be more um, knowledgeable, aware, and accepting, and and kind to those who are impacted by autism. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely think that there needs to be more um, I don't even know what to call it. So I'm just thinking about back to what you were saying about, you know, Bryce being diagnosed or them saying we should do more research into it. And I think a lot of um, in the black community, a lot of the issues we have is stuff like what you just said. Oh, they're just trying to label another kid. Um, I think it takes the parents to also do their own research. Um, you know, I, I just not comparing the two. I was just thinking back when you were saying that they're just trying to label another kid. Of yeah. When I took Kalen to, we transferred him to a predominantly white community and they were trying to put him on some sort of program, um, you know, or IEP, whatever they call these things these days, PCP, I don't know. What, what do they call it? <laughs> IEP? <laughs> These little programs, I don't know, it's one of the, girl, they have so many acronyms. Acronyms, yes, you get acronym souped, yes. That you would get up, and I'm like, no, my son does not need an IEP. Like, he's perfectly fine, and he, and he was, um, but I think it's that pushback um, in the African-American community because people um, who are not of our community is always trying to place some sort of diagnosis or something on children and i think it takes the parents to be like okay i hear what they're saying but let me let me do my research right. let me consult with my physician let me let me do more on my part instead of just being like no that's not it and case right. closed in the story right. um but what i wanted to ask you diana um me not being having a child with autism uh programs and things like that was something I never had to think about. I remember when you were moving uh, to your area that you are now, one of the things you did was look up the school districts and what programs they had. And I was really sitting to myself like, that is something I never would have even thought about 
when I, you know, decided to move. Do you think that um, you find that there is more, um, there is not enough information on programs that schools offer or what's out there for um, help um, with the autism community? Yes. So a few few things on that. Um, you know, how my brain works with anything diagnosis-wise. Once uh, a diagnosis is given, I go into uh, research mode. I want to gain as much knowledge as I can to because I feel like, you know, knowledge is empowering. If I know what I'm dealing with, um, know what I'm up against, I can, you know, move differently. I can make sure that I, I do everything I can to support or uh, make this the best of this situation, right? So um, when Bryce got the diagnosis, they did start the early intervention and put him in um, special education courses for early education. At that time, we were living in the city of Chicago. So um, I, I appreciate the, the teachers that he had. The lady was very nice. He still talks about Miss Mobley to this day. But I really quickly realized that Chicago didn't have the resources that I was looking for. Um, so, or at least, you know, not in the area of Chicago that I was in. So I asked, I, you know, I feel like if you don't, you don't know the answer to a question you ask. I asked the speech therapist, like, where are the programs that are specific for autism in Chicago? Um, because he was in special ed, but I realized quickly that his classroom was made up of various types of uh, kids, you know, so maybe a kid with autism, a kid with Down syndrome, you know, someone with cerebral palsy. And I'm like, although they are all, you know, special needs, their needs are specific and not necessarily the same. Therefore, this this classroom setup for me wasn't really the best, you know, uh, environment for Bryce. So when I asked, you know, where, what programs does Chicago offer that's specific for autism? She said, um, well, mom, you know, a lot of things got cut and funding got cut. We did used to have more specific programs, but a lot of that programming has ended. Um, she was like, however, we need parents like you to go to the superintendent or the board and, you know, advocate to bring some of those programming, those programs back. I said, oh, so where do I need to live that already has the programming in place? Because by the time I fight the city of Chicago, my child might be out of high school. <laughs> and she's like, I love the way you think, mom. She's like, you're a rock star. I wish we had more parents like you. She's like, we really need parents like you in the city, though, to, to, to make the city do right. She's like, but looking at your face, I see your bags are already packed. I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, at the time, my older son was uh, sophomore high school, and he was doing great at a Chicago school. He was in selective enrollment school, Limbloom. Shout out to Limbloom. You know, he got uh, nearly a million dollar scholarship offers and all that. So I said, you know what? This is the plan. And then, like, first thing you got to do is make a plan. I said, we're going to stay in Chicago until CD graduates from Limbloom, and then we going wherever we need to go that has the programming that Bryce needs, you know. Um, and she, the the therapist told me that uh, she said, "Well, our school school district has the Stars program, 
And it's really good. And it's designed specifically for kids with autism. I said, okay, sounds like we're moving to Oswego or somewhere within Oswego. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and yeah, we, we live in Aurora, but bordering between Aurora and Oswego, we got the Oswego School District, bam. So, uh, <laughs> but um, CD graduated from Lynn Bloom in like what, June of 2018. And we closed on this house in August of 2018. Like when the, when the mindset is there, the actions will follow, you know, uh, and when we first started, you know, getting it together to purchase a home I was even in between jobs but I was just like well it don't hurt to get started <laughs> you know like we went to the lender um and he was like okay this is where you at this is what you need to do to get to where you want to be in order to purchase so I say we started the process in February we closed in August and I was like I already knew like I was going to transition to a new job but then I knew what I wanted from the job in order to make sure that it fit the parameters to get the house like it's, it's all <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then um, from there, yeah, I'm I'm like, I was even looking outside of Illinois. I When I was doing my research, I'm like, where what is the best city to live in in the world it, for people with autism? Like, that's that's how deep my crazy goes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, I, to me, if like a person cannot choose to be autistic. But as a as a parent, I can choose how to support my autistic child. If that means where I live, you know, the people that I have uh, helping to take care of him, you know, every aspect of what I do can be um, to the best of my ability to support his need up up to and include including leaving the country if that. <laughs> if that was on the table, but yes, oh, I've been pleased with the Osego School District, so I think we'll stay here for now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we've said his name enough, or he's just pulling you away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Bryce is already here. <laughs> you want to say hi? Say good morning. Good morning, Bryce. Good morning. Oh, he's, he's like, like I'm back home already. He probably wanted uh, to go get him some food or something. What do you want? I want. He woke up with the small face. And sleeping <laughs> um, yeah, I think the most important thing, though, to understand um, is, you know, the the common phrase that I hear people say is, if you know one person with autism, you know one person with autism. But as you can see, my autistic child <laughs> is getting upset right now because he wants something from me. Um, and, you know, every day is not a difficult day, but there are difficult days and that's OK. Um, and there's times that I get frustrated or other members of my household get frustrated. You know, I remember one particular time where CD was like getting frustrated, which he does very well with. Bryce, but this particular day, autism was getting on CD's nerves, you know, and I'm like, and I, what I said to him, which I think was helpful was, imagine how he feels. If you're frustrated because having to, you know, navigate his frustration, imagine how frustrating it must be for him to not be able to fully articulate what he wants, what he needs, how he feels in a way that we can understand. And I think that's always helpful for all of us to, you know, have that little extra patience or to, you know, try to figure it out. Because I can't imagine 
not being able to express myself in a way that's clear and concise for someone else to understand what I'm feeling. Um, therefore, I can, you know, have compassion with him and try to understand what he needs instead of reacting to his, you know, outbursts or whatever it is that that uh, he's dealing with at the moment, you know. Um, so I'm like, uh, I had to learn that. I'm still learning. I, 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 I dare not count myself an expert on all things autism. I think I'm pretty good on all things Bryce. <laughs> but you know that that's just Bryce. I can't, you know. Be, have to be, yeah. yeah. But one thing I that you have spoken um highly about is the fact that you don't be fearful after you're walking your walk with whatever it is, whatever it is. Do your research. Find out more about it. Don't be fearful. Uh, put your life in a position where it will only better help yourself or your family member. Um, but rise above any diagnosis um, to the best of your ability and definitely don't judge anybody else um, for something that they're going through. Yeah. I'm like, I'm still learning things every day and I try to dive in as much as I can. One of the the what one of the another another new hat that I've decided to adorn is uh being a part of an Ooh, advisory yeah, group. <laughs> this advisory board, uh, which is no, part of another, 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 another. <laughs> so this 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 opportunity was presented to me by Northwestern uh because I have participated in some earlier research with them. They the doctor reached out, she's like, Hey mom, I remember you from a prior study. Would you be willing to consider being a part of this advisory board? It's made up of um, adults with autism and um, parents or caregivers of children with autism, so that we are including, you know, autistics and those who care for autistics on this advisory panel to help, you know, make the way autism is perceived, received, and all of that, you know, inclusive and um, complete. So I, I I see it as an opportunity for me to learn from the adults, uh, the autistic adults, um, because they're, you know, older, further along in their journey than um, where Bryce is. I feel like that can only be helpful to me to help him. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to learning <laughs> from them um, and just, you know, uh, yeah, I'll offer and lend my experience as a caregiver, um, but I'm really more fascinated with what what they have to say. And um, yeah. uh, I've, I have learned so much. Like, I think another probably, you know, just something that hadn't fully even been a thought in my mind prior to having a child with autism was um, something I read that was, it was an article about nonverbal autistics. And it's like, uh, and it was written by an, a nonverbal autistic person who said like, just because I'm nonverbal doesn't mean that I don't have thoughts, you know, or that um, I'm I'm unaware of what's going on around me. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I probably had never given it any thought, but I think that's another misconception that people may have that every nonverbal person has, um, you know, the inability to articulate or, you know, think or observe oh, or, you know, that's mm -hmm. yeah. That's so she's like, 
You know, everything else about her is more uh, neurotypical. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't speak. And mm-hmm. I think there's so much that can be said without using words, you know, in the in the audible sense. Like, she's a whole journalist out here, you know. So I think it's important, too, for people not to try to limit or think they know the limitations of someone because of their diagnosis. Um, and but, you know, again, it, it's, a lot of it is just because you you haven't been exposed, you haven't had that experience and you don't understand. Um, but if you are, you know, truly inquisitive, then you should educate yourself you know um or if you're not going to educate yourself uh the least you could do is to not pass judgment or you know say what you would do or how you would handle certain situations which that you basically have no knowledge based on what it really means therefore who are you to speak on how you would navigate it so one thing i do like about children like you know young children they're just um unfiltered but they're also very pure so i am not offended by a question whether it comes from a child or an adult but i would almost rather as an adult if you have a question for you to ask the question than to either give me a dirty look make assumptions you know or make all comments (laughs) but a kid might say what's wrong with him why he act like that, you know? And I can I can answer that, you know. It doesn't it doesn't hurt my feelings, you know. And I am always willing and ready to educate a child to explain to them at their level the best I can what autism is. We also got you know the big little sister advocate uh, Zoe who who speaks up for her brother. You know she's often the spokesperson for the two of them, <laughs> and she will she will tell me or anybody like Bryce doesn't like this or Bryce doesn't like this or why did they do that? They know Bryce have autism, and I'm like no, they don't know Bryce has autism, but you've informed them that he does, so we appreciate that. But you know sometimes you we can as adults we could learn from kids. I would rather you ask me a pure, honest question and, you know, in an inquisitive way than for you to look at me with scrutiny, you know. Um, I One other experience I'll share, um, we had new neighbors and um, the kids were outside. Bryce was with my niece and everything was going fine. They were playing with toys out in the new neighbor's yard or whatever. At some point, the neighbors decided to take the toys away and Bryce got upset because he wanted to continue playing with them. But up until that point, they thought he was just a neurotypical kid. Therefore, when he got upset, um, the grandmother didn't know, you know, that he uh, was autistic and he, he threw something and like a little piece of the toy broke off or whatever. And she was like, uh, and I, I saw it happening, but I didn't get across the street fast enough. I was on my way. Um, but, you know, it happened that fast. And before I got there, when it was with the kids and she didn't know I was the mom, she said, uh, she said, what's wrong with him? Is he slow or something? And then I heard my niece uh you know, try to say very politely, she was like, well, ma'am, um, he has autism, you know, and she was like, and then at that point I walked up and then she, she seemed to be kind of like 
like oh man like putting her foot in her mouth type of thing um and but i was like you know i'm not that type of person i'm just gonna start like going off or whatever and i I apologized you know that he had broke something um and she was kind of like startled and like oh like well i didn't know you're right you didn't know and it's okay that you didn't know now I don't know if that's the best way to say it. Like, is he slow or something? But yeah. um. <laughs> but how what you said definitely is, is a better way to handle it because uh, sometimes people don't know, and because they don't know, you know, or I've said stupid things because I don't, you know, you don't know. Um, but I think the way you approached it um, with her was the better way to do it. It's like she doesn't know. So, you know, give her a little grace. But then you do know, so you have responsibility in this too. Um, yes. So that responsibility, I think it's important. Yes, yes. And I'm like, we can all, you know, learn and grow. So, we're, like, we're they're good neighbors. You know, they understand. They also, you know, try to make sure they include Bryce and everything. And sometimes I you know, decline the invitation because I know certain situations will be overstimulating for him. But it's like, so if he doesn't attend a party, they might send him a goodie bag anyway, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so I'm like, it's all good, you know. Um, but yes, yeah, so how you respond to someone um, can make all the difference instead of, you know, taking offense and making it a big production and getting into a fight. See it as an opportunity to educate, to, you know, add influence and then next time if a person finds themselves in a similar situation maybe they'll be able to identify or they'll be a little more understanding you know um but we're all in this together you know it doesn't have to be a divisive thing yeah yeah and i definitely think we can end it on this um it's kind of wrapping up everything you just said educate yourself um and you know find resources um if you're not gonna do that don't pass judgment um and also everyone be gentle with each other be gentle as the parent or family member of an autistic person understanding that people may not know um and may insert foot in mouth uh but also (laughs) as the person who is on the outside who doesn't have any familiar be gentle with your questions and your comments and your concerns and understand that maybe you don't understand and that's that on that be fearless yes you guys another great episode yes yes she was about to, you was about to say anything else in closing or something? No, I was gonna say did you want to end it with anything else, Diana? Um, no, I think we did a, a good good summary there on the end. Uh I'll just say, you know, who is it? It actually I think it was oh Jerry Springer used to say be, be kind to yourself and each other, you know. Oh my god. Yeah, that came from Jerry. That's probably the best thing about the Jerry Springer show. (laughs) Be kind to yourself and each other comment because all the other stuff was just foolery. But yes, one thing one thing we can take away from Jerry Springer is be kind to yourself and each other. (laughs) And with that, as we always say, keep keep it it real.